I think naively that we should eliminate exams, right? I don't think that is a really good way to evaluate our students. But of course, that's a challenge when you have a class of like three hundred students or four hundred students. How are you going to evaluate every individual student? Of course, the easiest way is to give them Scantron exams. Everyone is a number, so I think the system is designed in a way that is making like education innovation reform really really hard. So that was definitely a big reason that I decided to to really see how I can disrupt the system, and I tried. To disrupt the system from the inside, you know, doing things that I thought could make a big difference. But what I learned at the time was that every time when I made an effort to disrupt them, they actually disrupted me. That is how powerful the institution is. No degree, no problem. Any problem we can solve them. LinkedIn Somnia keeps us evolving. We growing in the new. Welcome to another episode of the No Degree Podcast. I want to personally thank you for tuning in and supporting our show. If you haven't yet, hit that follow or subscribe button. I encourage you, don't keep this to yourself. Share these inspiring stories with your friends, invite them to subscribe and connect with us on social media. So today's guest is Dr. I. And Dr. I is a very special and different guest because Dr. I has a PhD in something with social media and PR. And the reason I brought on Dr. I was that I really wanted to talk about her business, Classroom Without Walls, and how she left academia because she saw a lot of problems with the institution. So thank you, Dr. I, for coming on. Oh, thank you so much for having me, my friend. Really honored. Yeah. So you used to be a professor and you used to teach, right? Yeah, I was a college professor for 15 years, and then I quit that job and started to do what I do today. Yes. So, what were some of the problems you saw?、Mm, quite a lot. I think the biggest problem. I feel like for many people, when you decided to be an educator, like most of us were not making that decision based on how much money you're going to make as a teacher. Frankly speaking, you really don't get paid that much. So I decided to become a teacher because I really enjoyed the spark in my students' eyes. And、uh, so, kind of like into my five years into my teaching career, I realized that most of the questions I got from my students was, "Doctor, I will this be on the exam?" So I really rarely get to see the spark. And I discovered that it has become very clear to me at the time that most young people do not enjoy learning for the sake of learning. They are really they have been conditioned to study for an exam, to study what is on the exam. If it is on the exam, they will study a few days prior to the exam. Right after exam, they forget everything, and that's now why I became a teacher. So I wanted to really see the spark, like intellectual discussion. I didn't get to any of to do anything like that. So that was definitely a big reason that I decided to to really see how I can disrupt the system, and I tried. To disrupt the system from the inside, you know, doing things that I thought could make a big difference, 
But what I learned at the time was that every time when I made an effort to disrupt them, they actually disrupted me. That is how powerful the institution is. So, you know, then I made the decision to disrupt everything from the outside. And so that's kind of where I am. Yeah. And, you know, for me, I actually enjoyed learning. I was a good student, but it was my parents. You know, my parents were like, oh, why didn't you get a 95? Why not a 98? Oh, why'd you get 99? Why not 100? Oh, Why'd you get a hundred? Why didn't you get the extra credit? And it was just like, hey, I enjoyed learning. But sometimes even if you have a good school, it's the people around it and even the competition. I remember I went to pretty competitive high school and my classmates were just all so focused on grades. They determined everything around your grades, like how they viewed you. And it kind of really ruined learning because learning is actually something beautiful, right? It's a process. It's something that everyone should do in some capacity. But when you make it all about exams, you define the student's work by exams, you make this culture around grades where it's so hyper competitive that you lose the focus, right? And then there are so many cheating scandals. I know in some high schools, like I know my high school, other high schools, they have cheating scandals and all that. And it, it kind of ruins the thing that we just so focus on these grades that we forget about the actual people behind the grade. So now... Can I add another point to what you just said? Can I please add a point? Yeah, of course. Go ahead. I really love what you mentioned. I think this is very important for people to understand this. Like learning is not just about grades. And lots of research has shown that, like, for example, like what we use in the United States, right? GPA, grade point average, is actually inversely related to innovation orientation. So what this means is that the higher the GPA, the less likely a student is to innovate. It's so counterintuitive, wow. but it makes so much sense, right? Because innovation involves making mistakes, but the current system, they punish like mistakes, right? You lose a point. So it's just really interesting. So, but we all know that innovation with how AI technology, everything's changing so fast. Innovation is a very important future ready skill, right? So like parents need to see go beyond. And what I share with my students is that like more schooling is now the solution to become future ready. You really more schooling will make you really good at school, but not necessarily excel at real life. Right. So I just want to make that point. You know, it makes perfect sense because I came across like a founder who created a website that had a lot of visitors. I think they had like 50,000 visitors a month, but they were not making any money. So I said, oh, why don't you do this? And they're like, oh, there's already something out there. Why don't you do this? And every time I gave a suggestion, they were just like, oh, but there's something better. And what happens is a lot of times school really values perfectionism. Mm -hmm. And what happens is in real life, think about your favorite products. They're not perfect. They have mm -hmm. bugs. They have issues. It's, a, it's an iterative process that you mm -hmm. have to try things. Sometimes you don't know. Maybe your audience is good enough. You can get feedback and all that. But I've seen that people who are so focused on that, they don't like doing things unless it's perfect. But the fact is, the first iteration of anything, even the 10th iteration is not perfect. And one of my favorite quotes is, perfect is the enemy of done. And I've come across way too many people. They have these ideas, but they don't want to launch because they're so focused on perfection. So you went through a system, you tried to make some changes. So what were some of the changes that you tried to make that you got pushback on? I mean, like, for example, first change I tried to make was like, I think naively that we should eliminate exams. 
right? I don't think that is a really good way to evaluate our students. But of course, that's a challenge when you have a class of like 300 students or 400 students. How are you going to evaluate every individual student? Of course, the easiest way is to give them Scantron exams. Everyone is a number. So I think the system is designed in a way that is making like education innovation reform really, really hard. But that is something I tried very, very hard, like eliminating. I started with no more quizzes. I also tried to innovate with exams, but it's very, very hard because I need to provide certain things that's how I got evaluated by the system. So it's just like the system is designed that doesn't really allow that type of innovation or at least very hard. So that is definitely, and I, but I'm happy to see that nowadays there are lots of schools like, you know, eliminating or making SAT optional. So I think that is definitely like a, a good move in terms of how we are evaluating students more holistically. I also know that there are a few schools that are now evaluating students based on mastery. Like you are not comparing to everybody. You are only comparing to yourself, right? How much you have progressed on your own learning journey. That is how I think we should evaluate our students based on personal mastery as opposed to a standardized, you know, like uh, mat matrix. Yeah. So what was the breaking point that you're like, hey, I got to leave education and start something on my own? I think for me, it was really when I started to really hate my life. <laughs> And, uh, and I remember when I was like, it's two points. First, how important it is to really have a pause in life. So my brutal awakening came when I was doing my sabbatical research. So after I got tenure and promotion, if you are in higher education, you know this, you have one year kind of on sabbatical and you use that one year to do research, doing whatever you are really passionate about. So that year, I definitely spent lots of my time working on my research project. But that is also for the first time in a very long time that I was able to pause to really think about what is my life, how I want to spend the rest of my life. So there's that question. The second point was that I actually started listening to podcasts, like reading books that have nothing to do with my own discipline. Okay. And that was the first time I got introduced to people who are saying that I love my life. I love Monday. I love every day. I was, I was literally like, those are liars. Nobody loves Monday. That is how much I disliked my life. I'm like, I hated Monday. I only loved Friday. And then I realized after you hearing, after hearing the same message over and over from so many different podcasts and books, I was like, there's something wrong with me. If everybody I listen to is like, oh, I love my life. I love Monday. But when I look at myself, it was not like that. Then I decided to really look into the within to really start it, to work on myself. What can I do so that I can have my life by design, not by default? So I realized like prior to that point, my personal awakening, my life was by default, right? Societal norms, parents' pressure, everything. But that was the turning point for me to decide now it is life by design. And the first thing I did was I left academia. I know that that's the source of my unhappiness. Happiness, so I decided to leave, but I didn't really have a plan. So it definitely took me some time and to figure out what is my design, what is my 
what exactly I wanted to do that can help me generate income and impact and support myself. It definitely took me some time, but I just like kind of cold turkey goodbye academia and then started to figure out my plan. Definitely action uh, give me lots of clarity, taking actions. Yeah, what made you choose to start Classroom Without Walls? Great question. And I think for me, because being inside the system for so long and I saw how the system is slowly killing curiosity, joy in learning. Because I, when I interact with younger kids, right, five years old, three years old, like, yeah, they're so curious. They're so passionate about learning. They're, they ask so many questions. Then when I look at higher education, most students are like, just tell me what I need to do so that I can get an A. So clearly something happened between when they were five as they turned to higher education. So what happened? Like I feel like I really started to question education, you know, first principle thinking. I really started to apply that to question everything. And uh, so I started doing to do some research. That's how I discovered like homeschooling, unschooling, alternative approaches. And that really helped me question the mainstream approach. And uh, I truly believe, and I still at the time and now, the best education happens outside the classroom. That is my belief. And because in my own journey, after I got all the degrees, I was still not happy, you know, going back to the story I shared earlier. Like from the outside, I had all the degrees, success, this and that, but inside I wasn't happy. So there's that personal journey and also kind of my personal learning and research really made me have that belief like best education happens outside the classroom. And so that's kind of what inspired me to give this room, give this title, A Classroom Without Walls. Are you frustrated with your job search? Are you sending out resume after resume with no callbacks? If so, I have some good news. After three years of helping over 400 people land jobs at places like Meta, HubSpot, Google, Twitter, Amazon, Tesla, Disney, Sony, I created a course. In the Get Your Dream Career course, you'll discover best practices for creating a resume that stands out and you'll also learn how to optimize your job search. It covers every aspect of the job, including resumes, application strategy, networking, LinkedIn profile optimization, interview guidance, and salary negotiation. You will also get a behind-the-scenes view of how recruiters use LinkedIn to find candidates. And of course, you'll get resume and cover letter templates. Get one step closer to your dream job. Sign up at the link in the notes below. You know, I love that because that's something that I really preach. But oftentimes the education outside the classroom is discounted. Like, oh, you get a degree. And I read the statistic that 40% of college students never read a book after they graduate. So let's say you don't go to school, but you're reading like a book every other day or you're reading one book a week. Like, why are you not more educated, right? I think education is an attitude. It's a lifelong process. And to really discount people and say they're not educated because they didn't go to an institution really, you know, I... I really don't like that. So I really appreciate that perspective. Now, how do you approach learning in classroom without walls? Like what are some things that you try to do so that that person still has that five to six year old curiosity? Yeah, great question. I think for me, of course, in my in my program, we have like different frameworks, systems or processes. But I will share this with you. One thing we do very differently compared to the traditional education model is the very first step I do with my students is called discovery. It is really to go inside them, 
inside who they are to discover who they are, to gain a hundred percent clarity regarding their values, their strengths, their weaknesses, to really understand who they are. To me, that is really important. That is the foundation to life by design. Because when you look at most students, their journey, and、uh, rarely do they actually go inside. To ask themselves, like, what do I want to study? What do I? How do I want my day to unfold? Right. So most kids, when they go to school, everything is decided for them without their involvement. Right. When you reflect on your own journey and my own educational journey, it's like, yeah, Monday at this hour you learn this. Everything so highly structured. Everything's given to you. So students, they rarely get to build that introspection muscle. Like. Who am I? What do I want? But that is very problematic.、And、oftentimes,、uh, parents come to me and they will be like, "Yeah, doctor, I my my son or my daughter is not motivated." And I will tell parents, "Yeah, I understand that, but your kid doesn't really have a motivation problem. Your kid actually has a clarity." Problem clarity in terms of who they are, clarity in terms of their purpose in life. As soon as they can discover both, and that is what I do. That the traditional education system doesn't really do. They will just teach you lots of information, but that information does not lead to personal transformation. So I go through this discovery process to really help them gain that clarity on their path, their calling, and who they are. And as soon as they gain that clarity, I so many problems just like. Magically disappear, and、uh, it is so it's so nice for me to be a part of that process to witness that transformation. Sometimes can happen really really fast. I one student I have been working with, and she struggled with many things for four years. And after I apply our system, like in thirty days, she's like a new person. Like getting up、wow. at like four a.m. Okay, I、wow. cannot get up at four a.m. To study at work because now she has this gained that clarity. It's so amazing for me. Yeah, so that, that is, is something that we do very differently than the tradition. No, look, I got up at one p.m., so <laughs> I I I can't do that four a.m. stuff. But on a more serious note, it's really important. I think a lot of times, what I felt school really lacked was the connection to this learning. Mm-hmm. And so many times, like there are a lot of things, like in math and English, and I think if they presented it differently, you know, it would have been more captivating. But it's like, hey, this is what you have to learn. Yeah, you have to get the grades, so this is why you have to learn it. Now, what would you say is one of the biggest key points that takes someone who's not motivated and makes them motivated to learn to the point that they want to get up early and they're really excited and they have this energy inside of them? Yeah. I think the key is really discovering the why. Like, why do I want to learn this? What is my personal connection to this? Right, having that purpose is so 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 important. They may not enjoy learning this itself, but they will enjoy the bigger purpose behind this. Right, like for example, in my business, I'm not really a numbers person. I really do not enjoy numbers at all. But I learned that in order for me to run a very profitable business, I must understand numbers. So I may not enjoy this, but now I have a stronger connection. I know my why. I learn numbers so that I can keep my business. Do I love my business? Yes, I love my business. Therefore, I'm willing to learn this. But oftentimes, for students, they do not have that personal connection. They do not have a strong why. 
to the knowledge they are learning. They do not see any relevance. Therefore, they're not motivated. If I ask you, Jonay, to to go to somewhere like I don't really want to go, like yeah, you are not motivated. Right? Motivation is only for things that you don't want to do. For things that you do want to do, nobody like. For you and I, nobody. Hey, today you have to do this podcast. Nobody like put a knife on、yeah. my neck. Today you have to do this coaching call. You only do that when you don't understand why I need to do that. So what I do, I think having that purpose, having that why, having that personal connection is really my secret sauce to really help students become motivated almost not overnight, but in a very short period of time. Yeah, you know, I've always told people who are like, "Hey, what's the motivation? Can you give me the motivation? Or what if? How do I have the motivation?" And I tell them that you can't rely on motivation. And I love what you said that motivation is for what you don't want to do, right? Like it's like, "Hey, I don't want to do this," but when you have the big picture and you when you have the why, you do it, right? And that's how it is. And the why makes a big difference because I was not a social media person, and it was, if it was something <laughs> that you、tell. asked me about. If it was something that someone asked me about, I would be like, "Well, why do people live stream? People watch live streams and all that." But I, I saw the value in it, and I saw in my business how it would tie and it would help. And now I actually do enjoy it, right? That there's a connection to it, and I I like the impact that I can have. And I've experimented with things, and I think the the why is so important. Like, why am I learning? What's the goal? Once you have that, the rest are details, and、exactly. you don't mind. And then、yeah. that that part is so easy, right? So when we talk about change, I really think eighty percent is the psychology and twenty percent is the strategy, right? So what I do is to really work on the eighty percent, the psychology, the mindset, discovering the why, and the the strategy part is really easy. So once you take care of the eighty percent and learning the specific techniques, it's just like really really easy. I will also share a, like a personal story with you, like you and I, you know, I share with you that the reason we have to change our Our interview schedule is because we are going away for a family vacation. Like before, when I was working at my job, I'm like always so excited about a family vacation. And now I'm like I still enjoy being away, but I genuinely feel sad. I'm like. I'm going to be away from my work. I'm sad. I literally had this conversation with my husband yesterday. I was like, "Wow!" Like I always observe myself. Like that is so interesting. I'm sad that I'm not going to see some of my students. I'm sad that I don't get to talk to the parents. I feel sad, but this was not my case. A few years ago, I'm like, wow. So yeah, when you are in alignment with what you are meant to do, you absolutely need no whatsoever motivation. You genuinely love it. I, I think it's just like so amazing to see my personal change. Yeah, you know, that's a very good point because like I'll go away. I I haven't really had a true vacation. Maybe I had one, but I'm always doing some sort of work. But、mm-hmm. I don't mind, right? I enjoy it. I know、yeah. the purpose. And all that, and it's not draining. I think like、no. when you don't have a bigger purpose, it it's draining. So that's that's awesome that you are that committed to your business, and that's the beauty of being passionate about something that you're willing to do things on your off time that you don't see it at as work in the same capacity. What are some other things that you've learned by starting this business and approaching learning in a different way? I think there are two ways I can、um, answer the question. So first,、uh, in terms of my business, I think I think it is so important to invest in coaches or mentors who are ahead of you. 
when I just quit my college professor's job, I was like, you know what? I got a PhD. I started social media. I could figure this out. But it was really a disaster. My very first business initiative, I didn't make any money. I actually lost lots of money. And so that really taught me sometimes inaction can cost us a lot more. So in that case, my inaction regarding my lack of skills and knowledge actually cost me a lot more than investing in any program. So now, like, if I want to do something, if there are other people who have already, like, for example, if I want to launch a podcast, hey, I will just reach out to you. Can you just give me the blueprint so that if other people have made the mistakes, you know, like time, money to figure this out, I'd rather just learn to get that shortcut instead of me trying to so hard to figure things out, waste my own time and money, everything. So that is definitely my very first realization in terms of business. And another one I realized regarding business is that, like, I think I now have a healthier relationship with social media. When I started everything, I was just like posting a lot. I was really burned out, very exhausted. And I didn't even really have a real business. I think now, now I think social media as, uh, like social media can amplify what you do. So you must have a solid business and then use social media to amplify, to spread message, to amplify what you do so that you can reach out to more people. But in my early stage, I didn't really have a business. I like I poured my energy, time, everything into social media because I really don't have anything in the back end. I guess I did build kind of a personal brand. I really didn't give me the income I needed to support my family. That was a big mistake. And it took me a few years to realize like social media can only amplify something. Social media in itself, I think it's hard to, to actually make that a sustainable business. So those are some two tips regarding business. I think in terms of learning, and uh, I feel like, what I have come to after doing this for 20 years, and I now have come to the realization there are different paths to success. Like I see some of my students, yeah, they need to go to Ivy League. Their parents can afford it. They love it. They need that. I also see that there are students who don't even need to go to college. They're also doing great. There are also students who go to a trade school. There are students who take a gap year. There are students doing different, like taking like uh, Google certifications. They're doing great. So I think we really need to embrace the diversity in terms of success. There's definitely not a one size, you know, one way to success. There are different ways. I think as a society that we need to be more open-minded just because this person does not have a college degree doesn't mean this person is a failure, but this person can have his or her own success in their own way. Because I frequently see in my students, when they don't fit into the model, they think there's something wrong with them. Instead of questioning the model, they question something wrong with them. And I think that has to be shifted. We need to change the discourse, right? There are multiple ways to success and college is only one of the many ways. So those are some of my realizations in terms of business and learning. No, I love that because the pandemic, I think after the pandemic, you had a lot of electricians, plumbers, and who are making very good money, right? And they're making some, some of them are making more than tech workers. Now look, it's a different type of job for a different type of person. 
I'm all about figuring out what's right for you, right? Some people are good with their hands. Some people are passionate about this. Some people are passionate about going to school. Some people are passionate about just other things. But as a society, we need people doing a bit of everything. You can't have everyone going to school for one major. You can't have everyone going to trade school. You can't have, but you can have everybody doing their own thing. And I think people are just wired differently. People have different interests. So we really should encourage other things because what happens is when you don't encourage other things, eventually there's a decrease in the amount of people who do it. And then (laughs) it just ends up being really expensive, right? And then I know a lot of areas that they don't have enough plumbers, they don't have enough electricians. And those are things that kind of, right, are necessary and they run things. So I really appreciate your perspective. Now, do you see any changes in learning within the traditional education system? Do you see schools kind of changing or do you see them kind of sticking to what they've always done? I think schools, they don't want to change, right? It's like my friend gave me this analogy. It's like McDonald's or KFC. Do they need to innovate how they flip their burgers? Probably not, because there's always a steady supply and steady demand, right? Like there are always students. So I don't feel they have a sense of urgency in terms of renovation. But I do think changes are happening, not because they want to change, but because of the external pressure. Like people like myself doing what we do, there are so many alternative educational companies way more successful than me. I think... Like people like us collectively were adding so much pressure to the system. So they are almost like being forced to change. And in fact, like enrollment at universities has been decreasing in the last 10 years, like steady decrease. And I just uh, read another article, like since 2016, like 100 universities and, and the colleges have closed or announced their plan to close in the United States. And that I did the calculation earlier this morning. That is almost like one school is closed per month, right? So that is really, really like, you know, why? Like, because they don't have enough students going there and no students, no revenue, and therefore they cannot. So because of that, I think those factors are, and also like corporations like Google, they are announcing their own career certifications. So industry is also trying to disrupt. Alternative educational institutions are trying to disrupt. So all of those disruptors are forcing school to do something about it. So if you ask them, they don't want to change. But I really think they have not a choice. And they have to change. Otherwise, either they disrupt or they will be disrupted, right? Like hundreds of schools are already being disrupted because they refuse to disrupt. And as a result, they are gone. So I think for, especially for mid-tier, like schools, if they are not willing to innovate, to disrupt, they will definitely be disrupted. Yeah, which is happening. You know, one of the biggest problems, I think it's the parents. Because schools respond to the parents. Because I know a lot of teachers, they encourage kids to explore other routes. But in some schools, if you encourage a kid to go to trade school, parent finds out and the parent complains, the teacher will be in trouble because they're promoting things outside of college. And a lot of times these schools, they're introducing other forms of learning. Parents hear about it and they pull their kids out. And when they pull their kids out, they lose funding and all that. And it's really sad because if parents demanded or were okay with other things, schools would adapt. But schools are under pressure of that. And then just like you said, why would McDonald's change? They have a steady supply of customers. 
same thing. Why would colleges change? There's a steady supply of customers who are way willing to pay the 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, whatever K a year for their services. So they really don't have to change. Only when they start losing students and they start losing enrollment do they start thinking of other things. So I think it's really important that if you're a parent, that you're really considering other options and you really have to think about what's the best option for your child. Maybe school is the best option. Maybe it's not. But you really have to think about it instead of, and you have to push back and you have to be okay. That's the only way change ever happens. A hundred percent. That's such a, yeah, I, I cannot agree with you more. Yeah, and I think parents need to really adopt this assessment without judgment, right? Really assessing their student or their own children without any sense of judgment. Like if they want to go to a trade school, accept that. There's nothing wrong with that. So really need to remove that judgment. So yeah, but that parents definitely a big piece in this. Yeah. Really appreciate you sharing your perspective. We'll definitely do this again. Enjoy your trip to Cancun and looking forward to meeting you again in person. Just for the listeners, Dr. I have met in person. I did not know you were going to be at the event, but we definitely have to do it again. Really appreciate the business. Really appreciate the perspective. And I hope more parents adopt different learning mindsets. So how would people support you? How would people follow you? Yeah, people can definitely follow me on LinkedIn. Nowadays, LinkedIn is probably my only active platform. And they can also check me out on uh, classroomwithoutwords.ai. And we do have a free training every parent can watch. And that is also on my website. People can check it out. It is a 15-minute training, but I promise you, if you are a parent, if you have a teenager or young adult, you can learn so much from that training. We'll have her links in the show notes. Looking forward to doing this again. So thank you for listening to another episode of the No Degree Podcast. Another great episode. Thank you for listening. Hopefully this information was valuable and you learned a lot. Stay tuned for the next episode. This show is sponsored by you. No Degree wants to remain free from influence so that we can talk about the topics without bias. If you think the show is worth a dollar or two, please check out our Patreon page. Any amount is appreciated and will go towards making future episodes even better. Follow us on Instagram or Snapchat at No Degree Podcast, on Facebook at facebook.com slash no degree INC. If you want to personally reach out to me, connect or follow me on LinkedIn at Janaid Iqbal, spelled J O N A E D, last name I Q B A L. Until next time, no degree, no problem, nodegree.com. <laughs>